The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Do you want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. In today's episode, I want to discuss a blog post that I recently came across discussing the process of averaging down. This is a tried and true aspect of value investing, but the author had a unique take. When is it bad to average down on an investment? I'm highlighting this discussion because I have chosen to adopt some of the cases he outlined as new investment rules for my own investment portfolio. Before I get started, I want to make a short request. If you haven't already, please consider giving this podcast a rating and review. You can simply hit pause or you can rate this podcast at the end of listening in your podcast player, whether that's the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. Just go in there, click on the podcast where it says ratings and review and add a quick one or two sentence review with a five-star rating if that's how you feel about the show. If not, I would also value your feedback, but just leave me a review so I can learn what I need to work on. So thank you for doing that. That will allow me to grow the listening audience for the show. The algorithms for Apple and for Spotify take into account your ratings in order to help grow the podcast audience. If I have high five-star ratings, that'll grow the audience of this show. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for your support. So when should you not average down on an investment? You see, Averaging down on investments is the process where, let's say you're buying stock and a company, let's say it's Coca-Cola, and the Coca-Cola is trading for $45 per share. When you buy stock in Coca-Cola at $45 per share, your first purchase now has the average purchase cost of $45 per share. But if the stock price were to go up, now you're making a profit on your money. If you were to buy additional shares when the stock price rises to $50 per share, then that would bring your average from $45 per share up to something like $47 per share. Now, if instead of the stock price going up, the stock price declined and it went from $45 per share to say $30 per share, when you buy stock at $30 per share, your average would go down. And this is what we would call averaging down. And so instead of your average purchase price being $45 per share, maybe now it's $36 per share, which means that instead of needing the stock price to be above $45 in order to make a profit, now you only need the stock price to be above $36 per share. 
So this is the concept of averaging down. Averaging down is a tried and true technique often used in value investing where when you make a valuation for a company, let's say, again, we'll use our example of Coca-Cola. If you believe Coca-Cola has an intrinsic value of $60 per share, I'm not saying that's what I believe, but if you were to calculate that just for example, that Coca-Cola had an intrinsic value of $60 per share, you might think it's a good value to buy the stock at $45 per share because it has a discount to your intrinsic value and you should earn an adequate return by making that purchase. Now, if that's the case and Coca-Cola puts out an earnings release or there's a news release of some sort, um, some sort of negative news about Coca-Cola, maybe they're having troubles at one of their bottling plants, someone wants to unionize at a manufacturing facility, or sales are declining somewhere. If that comes out and the stock price ends up dropping because of it from $45 per share to $30 per share, you have a decision to make. Is the, has the intrinsic value changed? If the intrinsic value is still $60 per share, then Coca-Cola is now an even better value than it was before at $45 per share because 30 is even lower. So instead of getting the stock at like 30% off, now you're able to buy the stock at 50% off. So just like when you're going shopping in a retail store, you're going to get your groceries, you like buying things when they're on sale, you get like the two-for-one deal. Well, this is what it is. In investing, you can also get sales. You can get two-for-one deals when the stock prices decline, then it can make sense to buy even more stock to increase your ownership position and average down your average cost. So that's the basic concept of what is averaging down. So, as I said, this is a central technique in value investing. We use this when we have companies that we like, we have companies that we're invested in, we think that we're going to make a profit on them, and the stock price declines. Doesn't really matter the reason, other than the stock price decline is not related to a decline in the intrinsic value of the company. As long as that's true, it usually makes sense to consider averaging down, which means purchasing more stock as the stock price declines to get an even better initial starting price. But the question becomes, when is this a bad idea? When should you not average down on an investment? And the idea for this podcast episode came when I was reading an article written by John Hempton at Bronte Capital. In particular, he writes about Areas where averaging down is a mistake. Averaging down leads to worse investment results. And I think it was prudent because by reading the article, I came up with some additional investment rules that I'm going to add into my personal process. And I'm recording this podcast because I think they're rules that could be helpful to you. Obviously, consider them yourself. Think about them. But I find these useful, so I'm going to add this to my own investing process. You see, the last time I discussed investment rules was about lessons that I learned from my investment in GameStop. My investment in GameStop didn't go well, um, but those were lessons that I had to learn from losses that I experienced myself. But today, we're going to focus on lessons that we can learn from other people's experience. So just like you could learn from my experience with GameStop, I hope that we can both learn from the experience of other investors. Here, 
And in particular, we're going to learn from some negative experience that Bill Miller had in his investment portfolio. And these were lessons learned that were written down and adopted by John Hempton at Bronson Capital, but he's using Bill Miller's investments as an example. And the basic crux of the article, if I had to sum it up in one sentence, if I had to say one thing that really captures what this is about, it's that cheaper is not always better when it comes to portfolio management. Now, this on its surface is a little confusing because value investing is all about buying things on sale, buying things when they're cheap, buying things when they are less costly than the intrinsic value that you are receiving. And this is true. I'm not negating that in any way. What I am saying is that there's a difference between how you cons- what you consider when buying a stock and what you consider when averaging down. Now, this isn't something I had thought about much before, but I think it's very prudent to consider it. So when you're buying, let's say, 5% of your you're putting 5% of your portfolio into an investment. You know, let's call it Apple stock. I like to use big stocks for those who haven't listened to the show um, because everyone's aware of what I'm talking about. So if you want to put 5% of your portfolio into Apple stock and it's trading at $180 per share. Okay, so now you're putting that in there. You think the stock is worth more than $180 per share. But what happens when the stock price declines? And the stock price goes from $180 per share down to $100 per share. Now, if that were to occur, you have a, have something to consider. Now, on the surface, that's like a 30%, I guess maybe more. It's like a 40% decline in the stock price. So now what was a 5% position in your portfolio might be much smaller. It might be a 3% position in your portfolio, especially if other stocks in your portfolio aren't going down at the same time and they're going up. and If your normal portfolio size, um, a position size, so like if you want to own 20 investments, then you might split it evenly, 5% in each investment. So you have 20 investments of 5%. Well, now Apple's much lower. It's like a 3%. So you might consider, hey, I can bump it back up to 5% and invest some more money. And by doing so, you'll be averaging down into that investment in Apple. But let's think about that. Let's think about what you're doing. If you were to take an additional 2% of your money and put it into Apple because it had declined from 5% to 3%, you don't truly have 5% of your investment portfolio in Apple. In reality, you have 7% of your investment portfolio in Apple because you've already committed 5% and now you're adding an additional 2%. And the key differential here is I'm, I'm making those percentages based upon the initial cost that you paid. It's not about the cost of the the position that it is now. It's about the position that you initially paid. And what you've done now is instead of having 20 stocks at 5% each, now you've restricted how many other companies you can own because you've increased your dedication to Apple from 5% to 7%. Now, does that make sense? I think it can. But I think there's areas where it might also not make sense. And this is where the differentiation becomes between portfolio management and stock picking. So the aspect of picking Apple as a stock involves finding out that it's trading for less than its intrinsic value. 
But the aspect of portfolio management, which is balancing the risks between how many stocks you own, what percentage you put into those stocks, when you buy them, how much you buy, and what rules you restrict yourself on in order to make prudent portfolio decisions. And if one of your rules was having a maximum percentage of your portfolio that you're willing to put into a company, then that's something you should consider sticking to. I'm not saying that's a rule that you should have or you shouldn't have, but if you were trying to split up your portfolio into 20 different investments at 5% each, then you need to be aware that just because Apple is showing as 3% at this time doesn't mean it truly is in the scheme of things when you add that additional 2%. So now you're up to a 7% portfolio. Can that make sense? It would if Apple is a good investment. It ends up working out and if the process behind it is good. So when would the process not be good for you to make that decision? And this is what John Hempton talks about in this article. So I'm going to have this article linked and it's just called When Do You Average Down? It's on his blog on his website. Um, And I'm not going to go in and read all the different aspects of it. But basically, he's talking about some issues. And the key issue is that when you average down, process becomes important because if you don't focus on the process, you might only judge it by the end result. And sometimes when you average down, the end result is going to be good. You're going to make an even bigger profit than you would have otherwise. But sometimes when you average down, the end result might be bad. If you average down into a company that's on its way to bankruptcy, that company is likely to look cheap and a good value all the way down until it hits zero. And that can be a really big problem. And this is where the issue comes in. You need to be aware of the types of companies that might go bankrupt. And if a company is possibly going to go bankrupt, you need to be very, very cautious about averaging down because likely what you've done is you've purchased it at a cheap price initially. But if it loses half its value, it's still likely to look like a cheap price and you're likely to buy it again. So the danger then is to know when that's safe and when it's not. And here I've taken away three rules, which I'm going to list individually, and then we'll um, summarize them in a little bit more detail. So the three investment rules that I took away from this is number one, do not average down on a highly leveraged business model. Number two, do not average down on an operationally leveraged business. And number three, do not average down where the primary risk is obsolescence. So let's dive into these a little bit more in detail. So the first one is do not average down on a highly leveraged business model. And here what we're talking about is a company that uses a lot of debt. If a company uses a lot of debt in its business, then averaging down when the stock price is declining due to that debt is very risky. If especially because a lot of times the company's already going to be heavily discounted to take into account the debt. So if the debt is very high, you might have a situation where a company appears to be trading for less than 10 times earnings, but on an EV to EBITDA basis, which is basically enterprise value to um, earnings before your interest in taxes and depreciation, what you're going to see 
is that it might not be trading as attractive as it looks like on a P.E. ratio basis. And this is where you can get into a problem. You might say, oh, look at look at all the earnings that this company has. It's trading at a P.E. ratio of eight. You know, that's really low. It can't go that much lower. And then all of a sudden, so you buy some and then all of a sudden, you know, get some bad news. And now it's trading at a P.E. ratio of four. Well, you're like, how in the world is this company trading a P.E. ratio of four? This seems very affordable. It's even a better deal. And then it gets some more bad news and it declines again. And now it's at a P.E. ratio of two. And what's happening is it's not that the market doesn't know what's going on. The market's not looking at this company and saying, oh, this company has a P.E. ratio of two. They're saying this company has so much debt that the equity is popped possibly worthless. This company might go bankrupt or this company might default on its debt. So there's a chance that the equity is going to zero. And this is when you need to be very worried about considering averaging down. Because what's starting to happen in the marketplace on the price is you're starting to have a probability weighting. Because the company, the market doesn't know 100% that the company is going to go bankrupt, it's not going to price the stock at zero. Instead, it's going to, over time, add a percent chance that the company goes bankrupt in the next 12 months or in the next 24 months or something like that. And that chance might be 5% or it might grow to 10%, or it might grow to 20%. And as that percent grows up, it's likely that the stock price will decline significantly to take into account that now you have basically a binary outcome. On one hand, investors in the stock could lose everything. So let's say you have a 20% chance of losing everything. But on the other hand, you might have an 80% chance that the company is worth $10 per share in the few years because the company doesn't go bankrupt, it's able to pay its debts and do all right. So now you have a chance where the company has gone from being valued just on its earnings, but to be valued on its earnings in one case and to be valued at zero in another case. And as that percentage grows, you're likely to see stock price changes that aren't matching what you're seeing on the surface in terms of earnings. And so it's very, so a company doesn't need earnings to decline by 50% for the stock price to go from $8 per share to $4 per share. The only thing that needs to change is that the market needs to change the expectation that there's a 20% chance of bankruptcy growing to a 60% chance of bankruptcy. It's not to say that buying at $4 per share won't work out for you, but it is to say that the market is handicapping a much larger percent chance that the company will go bankrupt. So what does this mean for investors? Well, first, you need to be aware that this is what's going on because what it's going to do is it's going to hide to a much higher degree than normal the result of your investment from the process of your investment because now you're having to make a bet on what will happen to this company. And what you'll find is that bet is going to make a profit as long as the company doesn't go bankrupt. What this means is that if you were buying, if the company's worth $10 per share at, if it doesn't go bankrupt and it's, it's undervalued significantly at $10 per share, like it would be obviously priced at $10 per share if the company doesn't go bankrupt, then 
if your initial purchase was at $8 per share, then you're making a very strong a bet that the company would not go bankrupt and that when it doesn't go bankrupt, you're going to make a good return on your investment. But if the stock price declines not to $8 per share, but $0.80 cents per share, the bet hasn't changed. The bet is still, is the company going to go bankrupt or is the company not going to go bankrupt? And what you'll find is you're going to make money whether you bought at $8 per share, $5 per share, $2 per share, or $0.80 cents per share if the company doesn't go bankrupt. But you're going to lose everything if the company goes bankrupt. So it no longer matters what price the company is going to trade at. It's not because you're not handicapping it anymore. It doesn't matter that the company is being priced at, oh, well, people think there's a 90% chance of bankruptcy and I only think there's a 30% chance of bankruptcy. That doesn't matter and that's not enough for you to make a justification to purchase the stock because what happens is if that 30% hits, you still lose everything and you don't want to have a chance of bankruptcy that exceeds even 5% on any company you own. So that means that you need to be very, very hesitant about buying a stock when the chance of bankruptcy is increasing significantly. And by increasing significantly, I'm saying once it starts exceeding 5% in the next 12 months, you need to be very, very hesitant to buy any more shares of that company. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not a problem to hold on to the shares you already have because your odds are different. If you made a decision when the chances did not appear as bad, it still might make sense to hold on to your investment. But the problem would be is investing more money because you still can see if your investment turns out right. Just because the market is pricing the percentage different doesn't mean it's the same thing. But it does mean if the market thinks there's a 90% chance of the company going bankrupt and you think there's a 10% chance, and so you think the company should probably be trading around um, you know, five, seven, eight dollars per share, but it's trading at 50 cents, well, it can make sense to just look at that and say, well, I'm getting a very bad return for the odds at 50 cents per share. And that can make it worth holding because, you know, you've already made your bet. You've already lost the money on paper, but you've not lost any real money until you, until you actually make the sales. So it might be worth just waiting and seeing what happens and allowing the investment to play out. It might play out on your favor. It might not. But the big mistake would be throwing good money after the bad money. You're already facing a loss. Don't add more to it by averaging down. The same argument applies to more than just the first case. So the first case was do not average down on a highly leveraged business model. The second case is exactly the same in that you do not average down on an operationally leveraged business. And I think I'm going to add that is declining because um, that's where you really get into trouble. Uh, an operationally leveraged business that's not declining really isn't going to face any problems. But if it is declining, it could run into a lot of issues typically around default or bankruptcy. Now, this is basically operationally leveraged would be the type of business that like GameStop was. So it wasn't a leveraged business model because they had lots of cash on their balance sheet, but it was leveraged in the fact that they had real a lot of uh, real estate, they had leases, and they had high fixed costs. So when they were operating at a certain level, they made a lot of money. Once that started declining, they started to lose money. 
or they start suffering significantly on the on the earnings profile. And so this would be another type of business you don't want to average down. As the stock price declines, it's not saying you're getting a better deal. It's just saying that the chances of risk are going up over time. And you should just stick with your bet because instead of just continually throwing money away and, and worsening your performance. And this is how when Bronte Capital talks in this um, blog post, he talks about how you can turn like a 6 or 7% position into an 18% loss of your full portfolio because you keep throwing bad money against an investment. And that's what you want to avoid. And the third rule here is do not average down where the primary risk is obsolescence. And this was also true for the old GameStop investment. The primary risk with GameStop is that the retail industry, and specifically the gaming retail industry, faced obsolescence due to the impact of Amazon and the impact of Sony and Microsoft doing digital game sales and all these things. And so what that's trying to say is, again, all three of these investment rules are very focused around one thing. They're focused on avoiding adding investment money to an investment that could go to zero. Just because you made, when you when you first started your investment, you might not have thought the company was going to zero, and that's fine. But once you know that that is a significant possibility, you need to avoid at all cost adding money to it. And the key risk, piece here is is that the risk is likely accelerating faster than the stock price is declining. And that's what you need to be aware of. So just because the stock price has declined does not mean it's more optimistic. And the stock price might have declined even with the intrinsic value staying the same because the intrinsic value would be judged against a scenario where the business doesn't go bankrupt. So you just need to be aware And the example given again in this article, which I think is worth sharing, is that just because a stock is down 95% does not necessarily mean that it's better than a stock that's down 90%. It can be profitable to buy um, stocks that have dropped 90% on the chance that they might return, especially if you're buying them in bulk, you're able to find 100 stocks that have declined 90%. It could be profitable to find them and put a small amount of money on each, and then the ones that do recover will substantially pay for the ones that don't, because you only need a 10% hit rate. But it doesn't mean that if they've declined by half again, and they go from 90% down to 95% down, that it's much better of a deal. The deal is still the same. It's either going to zero, or it's going up back towards 100%. And so you need to be aware what the risk is you're taking, because a 90% declined stock and a 95% declined stock can look substantially similar, but they really aren't. So the way your takeaway here is that you need to always avoid going to zero. You never want to lose your principal when you make an investment. That is got to be the number one thing you're worrying about is avoiding losing money on your investments. And so in particular, the purpose of these three investing rules, don't average down on highly leveraged businesses, don't average down on operationally leveraged businesses that decline, and don't average down where the primary risk is obsolescence, is that these rules are preventing you from losing additional money. These rules can't stop you from making a bad initial decision, but what the rules can do is making a bad initial decision worse. So in summary, cheaper is not always better when it comes to portfolio management. 
Once you have hit your investment allocation for position, it can be a mistake to throw good money after bad. Assuming your investment analysis is correct, you will still end up making money. But if you are wrong, you'll exasperate a bad situation by averaging down on a losing leveraged position. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's podcast, are available at DIYinvesting.org slash episode 40. And finally, remember, this is a listener-supported podcast. Think about how much value that you receive from this show. Do you get $10 a month of value out of the show? Consider giving 10% of that to me and pledging a dollar a month as a patron. I would really appreciate it because if you're gaining value from this content, that is encouraging to me. And your financial support is what allows me to continue creating this free investment content without any advertisements. You can become a patron at DIYinvesting.org patron. And if you choose to become a patron of the show, you exclu- receive exclusive insights into my personal investing process through the DIYinvesting.org membership program. Once again, you can find out more information at DIYinvesting.org or you can listen to episode 11 of the podcast where I go into details about the benefits of being a DIY investing member. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.